MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. Today, documents are released from the State Department and the Office of Management and Budget. Trump is going to tap war criminal Eddie Gallagher to campaign for him. Giuliani lobbied for Venezuela. The House Judiciary announces its first impeachment hearing and more. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we too. have a nice Christmas candle in here. Yeah. Wait, Sorry, holiday candle. Uh, holiday. What, what scent is it? It is red apple wreath. Mm, mood setting. Or if you're not in a Christmas, red apple circle that is green <laughs> and fluffy. Wreaths, I think, are, are pagan anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's true. The whole thing really is stolen from that, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. You thieving bastards. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, you went to Old Town today. Old Town, so you know, it's like the oldest part of San Diego, um, and it's awesome, and it's yes. all the most amazing yes, it's Mexican meant, food and right. margaritas. Yeah, it's meant to be like a celebration of of uh, Mexican culture in a way that is very palatable to white people. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Yeah, and it's just, it's awesome. So, yeah. And they have all these little <laughs> boutique shops and stuff. Um, it's very... Very cool. I like it there. Yeah, I've been is, in a while. It is really cool. My mom, every time she comes, we always go to this uh, this Mexican restaurant there, and we they have like yeah, the whole place is really cool. Casa de Pico. Which one do you go to? Casa de Reyes. Casa de Reyes. Yeah, yeah. Really like a San Diego tourism board up in here. Oh yeah, <laughs> they should pay us. Yes, <laughs> never on Sundays. Yeah. I mean, look, do you really have to convince people to visit San Diego? No, no, but yes, because my family. And here's the weird thing: they are in, like. Like a giant chunk of my family on my dad's side is all in Cleveland, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, come to Cleveland, come to a ball game, come watch the Browns, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go like once every few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like every time they start on me, like, you should come visit, you should come visit. I'm like, um, you're in Cleveland and I'm in San Diego. So who should be visiting who right now, mm-hmm. really, if we're going to be honest? <laughs> um, it, it December 8th is when I'm going and it's going to be six degrees. Uh, with the you know the lake effect and it's just going to be freezing, mm-hmm. uh, but they're like no you come here, all right. To be yeah. honest with your favorite jackets, so AG doesn't freeze to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what jackets are. So oh yeah, it's going to be bossing all over again. But we are expecting a rain event tomorrow for Thanksgiving. For thanks tomorrow and through Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be a big storm, which means it's going to rain for more than ten minutes. <laughs> listeners are like wow anybody who is in san diego is giving us a constant rain report <laughs> but yeah true. but uh but god i'm excited actually yeah i want to stay in my jammies all day what are you doing for the holiday staying in my jammies all day nice yeah <laughs> i'm eating turkey ideally are you ordering out or are you gonna, gonna cook, cook it nice. yes yeah. just two of you yeah but you know if anybody wants to join us Aww. bring your onesies <laughs> dude i go for a thanksgiving onesie party yeah that's sweet i just want to be cozy and watch disney plus your mm. husband is going to be in the hospital on Thanksgiving. Yes, I'm so I, sorry. I so. That just I just realized that. Yeah, and and I can't bring him food. He's he's not eating yet. So it's like the whole holiday focused around eating. Mm-hmm. So actually, when I go and visit him tonight, I'm going to tell him that we're going to have our own Thanksgiving when he gets home. Yes, totally. Yeah, and it won't be about what 
the real holiday is about anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to celebrate something else. That sounds good. Just uh, food and family. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we do have a lot of news to get to. A lot of news. Uh, won't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Uh, <laughs> it's just... Rid- I thought, hey, nice quiet week because of the holiday. No. Mm-mm. Not so much. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, late Monday night after we recorded our show, a judge ordered the Pentagon and the Budget Office to release records regarding the hold on nearly $400 million in Ukraine aid at the heart of the impeachment inquiry. Uh, the judge issued a preliminary injunction ordering the Department of Defense and the Office of Management and Budget to comply with a Freedom of Information Act request from the Center of Public Integrity, which is a nonprofit journalism organization who sued the department for the records. The 211 pages include communications between the Pentagon and the comptroller, which their comptroller is the Office of Management Budget, White House Budget Office. And that was Monday night. And then today we got some of those documents and they show that the Office of Management and Budget's first official action to withhold the $250 million in Pentagon aid to Ukraine came the evening of July 25th. <clears throat> uh, that's some same day shit. Mm-hmm. That's the same day as the call between Trump and Zelensky. Yeah. Hours later, that first order to hold the aid came. The withholding letter was signed by uh, Sandy, Mark Sandy, whose testimony was released today. Uh, he was he was deposed on I think it was on he was the one on the weekend they, when they did it on the Saturday. Uh, but next month, uh, Office of Management and, and Budget political appointee the next month, um, Sa- Sandy was no longer signing those documents. And Sandy is like a career official. He's not a political appointee. And they switched to Michael Duffy. Uh, he signed the letters taking over the decision uh, to sign those, you know, taking over the decision letters. Uh, to withhold both Pentagon and State Department aid from Mark Sandy, the career official. And he's this guy's Duffy is an appointee, Trump appointee. Uh, a hold was placed at the beginning of July, and the agencies were notified in a July 18th meeting that Trump had, had ordered it uh, a week before the call took place. Um, Sandy testified, as I said, he was deposed in the impeachment probe, while Duffy defied the subpoena. So, hmm. huh. <laughs> just why can't it just be that simple like who's refusing to come and testify under oath they're the ones who did shit wrong like, yeah the end <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> like why does it have to be so hard yeah um so the july 25th call happened around nine in the morning and laura cooper testified there were three interactions from her staff that prove ukraine was aware of the hold an email from the state department that came through at two thirty, saying ukrainian embassy and house foreign affairs committee are asking about security assistance and this is the day of the call and then another email at four thirty, that said the hill knows about the foreign military uh, financing situation to an extent and so do so does the ukrainian embassy uh, the document shows several short-term withholdings of the aid in August and September. OMB sent notification that the money would be released September 11th, with the remainder of the funds released September 27th and September 30th, the final day of the fiscal year. So, like, why you wait until the very last mm-hmm. minute? Um, the letters from Duffy show that on August 9th, the Office of Management Budget said it would be releasing 2% of the funds each day. And that is a whole new sort of kink in this situation because at that point trump knew um that the whistleblower was going to file his complaint or her complaint and so the releasing of the aid at two percent per day prevents ukraine from the normal spending of those funds right you just have to like amass 
You just yeah. eat little by little until you can use it for what you want to. And so that seemed like another sort of, you know, twist of the knife yeah. where, where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you the funds. Yeah. Legally, I have to, but we're only going to give it to you, you know, a penny at a time. So right. you can't do anything with it. It's like when you win a million dollars and then they tax half of it and give you $5,000 a month for the rest of your life or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah he totally. Yeah. yeah, Zelensky won the publisher's clearinghouse. Yeah. Still pretty cool, I guess, but uh, <laughs> not, enough not to, really how you think it's going to go. Not enough to keep Russia out of your backyard. Yeah, no, yeah. Not, not enough money. Yeah, and definitely not cool. Not cool for Ukraine. And what I was just talking about, and this is not cool for Ukraine. Not cool for Ukraine. Not cool for Cool Ukraine. for Joe on let's make a deal, though. That's <laughs> not for a whole country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and this is the story uh, breaking just pretty much now from the New York Times. And this is I alluded to this a little bit earlier. Trump knew about the whistleblower complaint when he released the aid to Ukraine. And he knew about it when he had the call with Sundlin, where he used the terms no quid pro quo. And that's when Sundlin texted Bill Taylor back and said, you, you, you're misconstruing Trump. There's no quid pro quo, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that phrase was not in the public discussion at the time. So he totally got that from the whistleblower complaint, 100 percent. Um, White House lawyers had briefed Trump in late August, trying to figure out if they had to legally give the complaint to Congress. And that, I think, is actually the buried headline in this mm-hmm. story. That Eisenberg and Cipollone, Cipollone, uh, chip on a shoulder, Oni, mm-hmm. uh, were sitting around discussing how to legally avoid, how could they legally avoid getting this whistleblower complaint to Congress. Now, we had known that the Department of Justice and, and certain aides in the White House knew about the whistleblower complaint a week or two before it, it was officially filed, but we didn't have sourced corroborated information about this particular meeting and the discussion of the legality of preventing the complaint to going to Congress. That's just, that blows my mind right there. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's just, the evidence just piles up and piles up and piles up. Uh, n- none of it's moving the Republicans at all. I don't right. think anything will. Sorry, Jordan. No, that's okay. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either because basically we keep learning that not only did the quid pro quo orchestration happen, but the cover up also happened. And there was these pieces of evidence of them knowing that it was wrong that keep popping up over and over again. Or at least that's what I would presume yeah. if, if they're thinking, oh, do we, you know, what, what do we do in this situation? Because it's going to look bad if this happens or, or however that pops up in various iterations and it's like it doesn't matter to them though because like you said they're not going to change and they would say yeah well the reason why they have to cover it up is because the democrats are so unreasonable that they would halt our ability to legislate (laughs) or whatever crime yeah exactly (laughs) yeah we would Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what we're doing i keep coming back to the number of people who are indicted in watergate you know, when I look around and see all these people who aren't cooperating, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. That's how like it got so big so a fast. A lot of people who are indicted in Watergate. Yeah. 79? Yeah. Um, it. Damn, really? 79 people or 79 indictments? Uh, indictments. I'll okay. have to look it up. It's a lot. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. 49 people. It's, it's, wow. It's something nine. There's a nine. And Crazy. It's, it's, it's up there. Nine. It's up there in the <laughs> tens. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> right now, take a minute. Google Cookie Monster versus Rammstein. You won't be sorry. Um, nine. <laughs> um, and the interesting part about this, this not in the headline lead that's like in paragraph six of this uh, New York Times report that the White House lawyers were trying to discuss with Trump about how they could legally not 
hand the thing over. That sort of legality d- discussion reminds me of the legality discussion that they had trying to ex post facto uh justify legally the withholding of the mm-hmm. aid mm-hmm. after and that story came out yesterday mm-hmm. um, that was so Mulvaney I, yeah so yeah. I keep thinking about that and like where are they getting these it's like where are they getting these lawyers and and but what's really amazing is in the past presidents and White House um, administrations have been able to get lawyers to write dubious legal opinions for example the stellar wind the torture memos mm-hmm. right that like that that a lawyer put that together um and said we can legally justify this in this way these lawyers aren't able to legally justify these things that should tell you right there how serious and how illegal how not legal and not cool this is mm-hmm. you know they can't even get one of their piece of shit lawyers to write a legal opinion to say that it's all right mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, you found it? Uh, yeah. So I pulled up this. Uh, in the aftermath of Nixon's resignation, Watergate continued to claim the victims. Uh, <laughs> uh, the final toll included one presidential resignation, one vice presidential resignation, although Agnew's crimes were unrelated to Watergate, apparently. Uh, 40 government officials indicted or jailed. So I don't know if this is, Damn. you know, there are probably other that's sources who list it differently. But that's freaking 40. crazy. 40 people. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Must have yeah. been 39 then, if you count Nixon, if you don't count Nixon. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 39. Yeah, yeah. that must yeah. have been the nine I was thinking. Well, considering this web reaches way further than it seemed like Watergate did, I imagine it would be, do you think it's going to wind up being more than that by the end of all this? Depends on uh, if we elect a Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, And also today, um, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, announced it will hold its first public hearing, impeachment hearing, next week and invited Trump to participate. Quote, I am hopeful you and your counsel will opt to participate in the committee's hearing consistent with the rules of decorum and with the solemn nature before us. The hearing will focus on the constitutional grounds for presidential impeachment and will be held December 4th. The hearing will serve as an opportunity to, dis- to discuss historical and constitutional base- bases of impeachment, as well as the, f- the framers' intent uh, and understanding of terms like high crimes and misdemeanors, um, bribery, treason, extortion, all that stuff. Uh, Trump is scheduled to be in London, though, for a NATO conference, and he's been scheduled to do that for a while. I don't know if they knew that when they uh, scheduled this hearing. But now they're also discussed Trump's complaints about due process, saying he has a choice to make. He can take this opportunity to be represented in the impeachment hearings or he can stop complaining about the process. I hope he chooses to participate in the inquiry directly or through counsel, as other presidents have done before him. So, uh, interestingly, I I saw, I think it was uh, Raskin, Rep, Rep Raskin on one of the shows one of the talking shows, talk, talking head shows today. And they had said, but why did you schedule it knowing Trump was going to be out of the country? And Raskin was like, that's the first I've heard of it. Uh, but to be fair, if it's a NATO meeting, I don't, why would Trump go to that? <laughs> yeah, his but mortal enemy. I, I, I hope that somebody considered that because it, that is, to me, sort of a bad look to invite him for due process when he's not going to be in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope they rethink that or give him a different date or something like that, because uh, that's just a little if that were if that was an oversight, that's a bad one. And someone should be yelled at. Yeah. 
Uh, I have beans on Trump saying he would, but the process is so unfair he won't dignify the proceeding with his presence and then continue <laughs> to cry about the process. I, yep. That is what I, I bet you he'll do. Slight tangent. Also, Jordan, I watched some clips from the Fox and Friends interview. <gasps> oh, Isn't it so insane? My God. It's so insane. They look like, I think it was Seth, I think I watched Seth Meyers like talking about it. Yes. And, yeah, he did do a recap of that. And the thing you said about them not having a desk. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, the three of them look like they were held hostage. Oh, yeah. They were all like wide-eyed. Like it's crazy. Were, yeah. And I imagine, I don't know how long their program usually is. It's like an hour, right? Or something? Like an hour-long program usually? Fox and Friends? I think yeah. it's a few hours is in it a the few morning, hours? isn't it? Like a, one of those Good Morning America things where it's like two or three hours in the morning or Got something it. like that? Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I have no idea either. Either way, I guess I was just going to say, I can't imagine they were planning for a 53-minute interview. <laughs> so whatever happened really should, took up a huge chunk of their time there. Well, they should know better if they didn't expect that. Yeah, seriously. Because he just won't shut up. No, he won't. Now, he's traveling to Florida for the Thanksgiving holiday. I also have beans on him not golfing because I don't think he can. I think there's something wrong with his left arm. Uh, mm. when, when I was watching the video of him meeting the dog, Conan, mm-hmm. who's a girl dog, by the way. Mm-hmm. Go girls, rule the world. Nice. Um, he First of all, he wouldn't pet the dog. Then he talked about how he wanted to muzzle the dog, but apparently that would make it more violent. What the hell? Which says to me the dog tried to bite him, but probably not. She's a good girl. Um, very well-trained dog. Yeah. Pet, Pence pet him. But Trump, you know that accordion shit he does with his hands? <laughs> He was talking about the dog and muzzling the dog, but he was only doing the accordion with with his right hand. Interesting. And the the dog was down by his left and he wouldn't pet the dog and he's doing the one-handed accordion. And so I I'm wondering if he had like a mild stroke or so I would check to see if he plays golf this weekend. Huh. Very interesting. You don't think that maybe he was just trying to not startle the dog with his left hand arm? I, uh, left hand arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's your left hand arm. Uh, I think that he doesn't have the wherewithal to even think that far ahead. I yeah. mean, the, the eagle almost bit his hand off. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he learned his le- the eagle lesson. Yeah. You would think that dog, like you said, has been trained not to be super jumpy. Yeah. Would, would have been able to handle old accordion. We were going to muzzle the dog. Accordion hands. Yeah. But, but, but then apparently it becomes it. It becomes more violent. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't use the her pronoun for weird. the dog. Very, very weird. And the and Pence, I think, said something about it being a good boy. I think they used male pronouns for this hmm. female dog. I'm surprised he didn't use that as an opportunity to say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to be fair, the dog's name's Conan. Yeah, masculine name. So or maybe not anymore. Maybe yeah, you should have a. It's just a gender fluid dog. Um, <laughs> somewhat related to uh to the health of politicians. Have you guys? This is my new favorite conspiracy theory that Bernie got Botox in his forehead. Oh God! Have you heard about this? No. no. Jesus. So I I personally think it's due to his like medication that he's taking post heart attack steroids or whatever. Yeah. So his face looks a little more smooth. Oh, but people have been saying that I'll show you a picture. People have been saying that Bernie got Botox. It's my oh, favorite that is internet so funny. conspiracy theory of the Can't week. Can that also just be the difference between like being surprised and not being surprised? Yeah. People are claiming his forehead wrinkles are smoother than they've ever been. <laughs> That's really funny. Also in that the audacity of <laughs> Botox. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Favorite conspiracy theory of the week. As if Bernie would pay for Botox. In the picture seriously. He wears like thirty dollars from Kohl's. Yeah. The, man, the man's not going to spend money on Botox. And the picture on the left, too, that doesn't look like a speaking engagement that would warrant the amount of makeup a whole Democratic debate would, right. too. So that's right, probably right. just makeup. Yeah, it could be. And he's also, you know, he's going, oh, mm-hmm. instead yeah. of, eh? So, <laughs> you know, when you think of that, 
eh? versus oh, you, also- you've got to kind of remember what your forehead does. Yes, yes. <laughs> people's faces move. Watch, yeah, watch true. Trump start attacking him. Botox, Bernie. <laughs> Dude, that would be a billionaire really good Botox, nickname. Bernie. <laughs> that would be a one. That would be a better nickname than whatever. I don't even think he has a nickname for for Bernie. Yeah, he I don't, doesn't. Does he? I don't know. Everyone don't, else, there's a what well, is he it? He always kind of was kind to Bernie during that whole. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, because they would, because he just fed into the narrative of Russia Hillary being corrupt yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, totally helped him out. Yeah. Oh, that would be such sweet justice, though, if he's the nominee. Mm. Doesn't he call him like Crazy Bernie or something? Maybe. Do you have a nickname for him? Who's crazy? I feel like there's another person that he says that is crazy. He's horrible language. Nancy? What is he called? Nervous. Nancy? Nervous. There we go. <laughs> nervous Nancy. <laughs> crazy Joe Biden. Yeah. It's that, crazy that, Joe Biden. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The there nicknames are like something from like a youth mystery novel or something. Yeah, and also sleepy Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Sleepy I guess Joe. he's sleepy crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like a children's book that goes through the alphabet, yeah. but if it were made by white nationalists. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. To indoctrinate their children into horrible this things. This is Nervous Nancy. Don't be like Nancy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh. There's a guy in San Diego that has a funny joke about a book that he has, and in it, it's like it's called B is for Brooklyn or something, and he says that the I says I is for immigrant, and that his kid saw someone who was depicted just basically a person of color, and his kid not really knowing the social nuances of uh, how to interact in that situation pointed to a person of color and said, Dad, look, I is for immigrant. And then the person was like, what the fuck are you teaching your kid? And then he had to explain, like, I swear it's the book. It's the book that it... If you want... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's just kind of silly. If you want, like, an actually wholesome version, though, like, not the the opposite of the white nationalist version of an alphabet alphabet book for kids, there's actually an awesome one I got for my nephew a few years ago called A is for Activist. Mm, Yeah, that's that's a good book. Yeah. That's awesome. Buy that. that one. Cool. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, that's a long tangent. Good Christmas (laughs) gift. Um, So anyway, back to Nadler here. He he, he went on, uh, no Botox Nadler, uh, went on to to say um, that continued obstruction of Congress would have consequences, including losing the right to participate in the process. Quote, if you continue to refuse to make witnesses and documents available to the committees of jurisdiction, the chair shall have the discretion to impose appropriate remedies. I, I don't know how scared I am of Democratic committee remedies at this point, but, you know. Unless you're gonna like invoke your inherent contempt from a hundred years ago and throw somebody in the underground dungeon, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, you know, keep it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, apparently he can take away his right to appear or call witnesses. Like they can actually do that. I think that that would probably be politically and optically uh, terrible to do. But I mean, just just give them the articles. Just give them make it an article obstruction. You know, I don't think you have to punish them for obstructing, other than making it an article of impeachment. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, witnesses in the hearing will be academics and constitutional scholars, by the way, and impeachment experts. So no fact witnesses. Um, so I'll be watching that December 4th. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see who they bring on. Like, is Joyce Vance going to be on there? Um, Obama's a constitutional scholar. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> when is what is we need him? Yeah. Where is he? Well, he just kind of crept out to say, don't be too progressive, and then went back. Yeah. So I don't know where he's at. But I hear him reference that he plans on continuing to fight, you know, for what, what's right and what the country needs and stuff. And I don't doubt that he's doing that. I would. I just wish I, I wish we could see his face and hear his words more. Well, I know what he's doing right now and what he has been doing with Eric Holder is working on um, voter suppression. 
com- oh, combating awesome. voter suppression. Uh, they have a, put together a whole program to do that. Nice. Um, but yeah, I imagine once the primaries start, he'll he'll endorse somebody and come out mm-hmm. uh, and start campaigning Traveling harder. with them and stuff. But right now when there's still 13 or however many people he can't yeah. really i mean all he can say is stuff in general like elect a democrat in general yeah. um he also has a respect for norms that wouldn't really lend itself to the president previous coming out staunchly against the current president even though he's the worst president this country's ever seen yeah well he had a hard time with the the russia stuff mm-hmm. uh, and he's just a he's he's a more moderate establishment fella so yeah it's you know that's kind of where he's at so it mm-hmm. sort of makes sense um but, i mean it's right or wrong it makes sense yeah um anyhow we'll be uh, right back with uh, more new crimes committed by <laughs> rudy giuliani stay with us hey everybody gift giving is a big part of the holidays it's my favorite part but and candles but sometimes trying to shop for certain family members can be very stressful because they're just so hard to shop for i've discovered a great way to find thoughtful unique gifts Uh, And that's Society6. Society6 is an online marketplace with an amazing selection of products designed by independent artists from around the world. Artists can sign up to sell their original artwork on dozens of product types with everything from fine art, art prints, clothing, uh, apparel, items for bed, bath, and office, outdoors, and, and more. It's the perfect place to find unique gifts. You can also go there to get decor inspiration, and you can explore affordable, unique art while supporting a global creative community. No matter who you're shopping for, Society6 has millions of designs to choose from, so you're sure to find a perfectly unique gift for everyone on your list. My Uncle Frank is always very difficult to shop for. He loves wild animals and hunting, uh, but not bathing so much. So last year, I went to Society6 and got him a shower curtain with a picture of a crocodile fighting a snake, and now he finally loves to take the showers. So, hey, that's two birds with one alligator and one snake. With Society6, you choose what you love. Then they custom make it to order and ship it directly to you. So you can find amazing gifts and empower creativity across the world with Society6, where every purchase supports an independent artist. Give thoughtful and unique gifts this holiday season with Society6. You can get 30% off and free shipping when you use our code DAILYBEANS at s6.co slash pod. That's s6.co slash pod and use promo code DAILYBEANS. Society6, design your everyday with art you love. All right, welcome back. Um, we got a couple of stories, uh, Jordan. You're covering, and the first one has to do with Eddie Gallagher, and and you'll I assume you'll explain who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, giant jerk. Yeah. So Trump's saying that he wants uh, to make the three pardon service members. And one of them is Eddie Gallagher. He's the one who's still contentiously at the center of this pardon situation, basically, where he was accused of committing a war crime, murdering someone in a circumstance that's not allowed, basically, uh, or is not lawful. And then he winds up getting not charged with the murder, but charged with posing with a corpse. And now this is the guy that Trump is trying to pardon, and they're trying to make him retain his trident? Trident Trident pin. pin. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Um, I don't know exactly what that means, really, like what that signifies that the you're Navy. a seal oh oh okay got yeah it. yeah the try that that trident pin means you're a seal got it okay and so he wanted to retain his pin so he could retire Thank a seal you. uh and and it, you it's interesting you bring up retirement i think he retires at the end of november at least the gallagher fell his full pension uh and they would all have to retire before they could campaign for trump it is against the uniform code of military justice i think to to actually i know to to campaign for any political yeah um, candidate 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's Eddie Gallagher and then two other folks who Trump has pardoned who were convicted of murder, basically. Um, and he wants to take them out now on his campaign events. And that's what Trump's plan is, is to essentially use them as... And we all knew that this is these pardons were a PR stunt. He doesn't give any actual shits about them. That was a plan all along. And I don't think they really give a shit either uh, that they're being used because now they're pardoned. So I'm sure they'll go along with it. Eddie Gallagher is also an outspoken Trump supporter. He already was. He has been. So for him, especially, I haven't heard about the other two, but for Gallagher, especially, he's like more than willing to do this. Uh, But this is just this is really like, honestly, it's kind of it's scary. It's scary to me that he's chosen to pardon war criminals and then take them around on his campaign trail. There are plenty of honorable service members that he could have taken on the campaign trail, but he's going to take the ones that are guilty of war crimes and murder. Yeah. Like, these are three murderers. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And this was the situation where the Secretary of the Navy ended up resigning because he disagreed with Trump, right? Gallagher. Yeah, that's the Gallagher case. And then the other two, like, one was, like, like convicted and serving, like, a 19-year sentence like a crazy, crazy long sentence for murder. But he's pardoning them because they're Trump supporters. That's, I don't know if that's, I haven't read anything that, you know, says that that's exactly what happened. Um, there could have also been um, a, a, a deal made. It could, there could have been, I'll pardon you if you campaign for me. Right, totally. Yeah, I would not put it past him at all to do that. Uh, I, and I also, um, I know that Gallagher hired a Trump lawyer mm-hmm. um, to help him. And so I don't know who paid that bill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that's a good question that you raise. I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially since this story keeps gaining more and more traction in the national news media, if it's going to turn out to be something maybe that was more nefarious like that, that he was like, give me a list of all the people that are serving sentences for war crimes and let's do some research and see how many of them seem like likely candidates to come out and campaign for me in fact i can't see how it would have gone any other way yeah and i'd be interested to see like maybe if citizens for responsibility of ethics in washington filed a FOIA request to get any communications regarding this deal Mm -hmm. um how it went down and Mm -hmm. who paid the lawyers and what was promised if there if anything um He's really scraping the bottom of the barrel here for supporters. Yeah, but I think, I mean, that's like best case scenario is him scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think worst case scenario is upholding something that honestly could kind of like, it already amounts to war crimes. Mm. And it also, by pardoning them, reinforces the kind of Islamophobia Mm. that I think informs people that would think it's acceptable to murder people that aren't actively yes. engaged in combat against that person. You are correct. It gives a green light to Islamophobic military members to go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get pardoned and maybe get to go on the campaign trail and become famous. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really not a good message. And it's a, a big reason why Spencer resigned. Secretary yeah. of the Navy resigned. Right. right. And it's like, what is um, stopping people from committing more heinous it's encouraging more islamophobic racist people to join the military and know that they can you know perform actions outside of their orders and be and be pardoned right and even supporters that are not in the military but are just thinking i want i want our troops to you know be supported if they do that i think that's totally fine 
Yeah. I think that's totally fine and called for. And yeah. it, it was egregious that they were sentenced to prison because of these things. It's just really scary. So that's it what's is. going on there. Because that's the final countdown when you have the military. That's the last thing you need as a dictator. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Jordan, you have some information about uh, a new uh, crime that we found out about Giuliani doing. Yeah. So we got new another crimes. new crimes. Wow. We, we were just talking about all the other countries and players that could be involved in Giuliani's schemes. And here we are. Got one today. Uh, this is roping in Venezuela. So Giuliani, he went to Madrid in August to meet with a Ukraine top aide. And this is obviously when he was pushing for the Biden investigations. And when he was there, he stayed at an estate owned by a Venezuelan energy executive named Alejandro Betancourt Lopez. And this guy, he apparently hires Giuliani to consult him on an impending investigation by the Department of Justice into money laundering and bribery that largely surrounds players that are very, very close to him. And then just a month later, Giuliani was representing him basically to the Department of Justice. Um, Giuliani and other lawyers lobbied the chief of the Department of Justice's criminal division to say that Lopez should not face criminal charges. And the charges, uh, these are what the charges are, is that high ups at this Venezuelan oil company conspired to steal money from the company and then launder it through... Wait for it. Miami real estate purchases. No. <laughs> yep. And, and you know what's fascinating about this is we covered the story when Giuliani met with Benchkowski, mm-hmm. who is the former Alpha Bank rep, you know, from that firm that repped Alpha Bank, who we were like, how can he possibly be in charge of the criminal division of the Department of Justice? Uh, anyway, uh, I thought, and I have, these are wrong beans. I got beans wrong. Mm, I beans thought, wrong. because when Giuliani was meeting, it, all we knew at that time was that Giuliani was meeting with Benchkowski about a very high profile client that was being charged with bribery. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was for Tosh. Mm-hmm. So this is amazing because it's Betancourt. And so now I, that that we don't even know which bribing bribing criminal Giuliani is representing it's like that like oh it could be yes could be anyone and what's interesting about Bencourt too is that he's not listed as a target right now he's listed as an unindicted co-conspirator and Giuliani knows all about those right and what future they'll ultimately probably face so it seems like is it a situation where Betancourt is actually the ultimate target and right now they're just kind of maybe in the sort of earlier stages of the investigation the Department of Justice and Betancourt is inevitably going to be wrapped up in an actual indictment is that what's happening that kind of what seems like is probably happening if Giuliani is and other lawyers are going out of their way to try to protect this guy by name preemptively Uh, that's only what I would assume is going on yeah, that's just in, yeah. So when you say Giuliani met with the Department of Justice for help with one of his clients being mm-hmm. protect uh, being pr- prosecuted for bribery and money laundering, mm-hmm. and you can say which one, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's that's pretty yeah, pretty amazing. So yeah, exactly. And he's staying at this guy's place when he's like over in Spain working up his Ukraine scheme. So he's just like benefiting and getting kickbacks basically from this corrupt unindicted co-conspirator guy in a case that the department of justice is investigating and he's essentially yeah getting perks from them while he's god it's just like 
it hurts my brain. It's so fucked up. And this is tied to another story we covered that was buried uh, in episode 101, um, which what was that, like four weeks ago, of Muller She Wrote, sister podcast. So it was Betancourt that Giuliani met with Brian Benchkowski about. I was thinking, like I said, it was for Tosh. Um, because it was one of his high-profile clients that had been indicted for bribery. And Fertosh, as we know, has been charged in, I think, Illinois, uh, in the, Chicago, in the United States for bribery and is awaiting extradition. So I thought, it has to be him. How many of these fucking guys do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly, Betancourt was in trouble for stealing over a billion dollars from PDVSA. That's a gas company in uh, oil and gas in Venezuela. And we reported in mid-October... Um, like I said on Mueller, she wrote about the national security issue over a subsidiary of PDVSA, Sitco, that failed to pay back a loan, causing its shares to be transferred to Putin, Russia, uh, <laughs> and Rosneft. Uh, I felt like Mnuchin was allowing this to happen because he could have intervened uh, and prevented the default of the loan, which was taken out by Maduro by saying he's no longer the valid president, et cetera, et cetera. We don't recognize that to be the president of Venezuela, but I'm unable to find any news as to whether Venezuela default. I know they defaulted on the loan. I don't know if the shares of Sitco went to Rosneft and Russia, but this guy that Giuliani met in Madrid, who was charged with bribery and money laundering, stole from that company. Um, so check out the reporting on the Sitco default in the Miami Herald. It's it's really interesting. And the Miami Herald is picking up on this because this guy, Betancourt, like you said, laundered or stole those that billion or so dollars and laundered it through Miami real estate. Mm-hmm. That's just... or that's Yeah, that's what it would appear has happened. And yeah. it's just awaiting a further indictment. That's such a great bet, given climate change. Mm. Not a great place to <laughs> yeah. invest in real estate. Yeah. Just so then... Sorry. No, I mean, it, it, it's the truth. Yeah. You know? Then I'm also thinking, like, of all the people that have really strong ties to Miami that don't have direct links necessarily yet to all this stuff but like even someone like jerry falwell jr or something like his and he has real estate stuff in florida right so i I imagine that there's a lot of people that we talk about on this podcast and our sister podcast that haven't explicitly been linked yet but links totally probably exist yeah and we have rob lavlev who bought trump's mansion for twice what it was worth and sold it turned around and sold it laundered that money Mm -hmm. and he's connected to rosneft who was about to inherit all of these shares of Sitco that this guy stole a bunch, you know, for, whose parent company this guy stole a bunch of money from and laundered through Miami real estate. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a how to like it's just it's there's so many so crazy things that it, it the corruption is just so nuts. I don't understand where all the Panama Papers are on Trump. Like how did he avoid that? <laughs> yeah. um, we'll be right back. We have an update on the Mazar's Trump tax return case. So stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring can be a slow process, and Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed with how quickly he had great candidates up. Apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. So with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get quality candidates within the first 24 hours. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Beans. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 
All right. So as these uh, court cases wind their way up through the appeals process and stays are granted and SCOTUS decides whether they're going to hear certs, um, there's just there's a lot going on. And a, a lot of this has come out from uh, summer uh, filings to get to get information when I when the impeachment inquiry was actually technically opened. And uh, also some of the Mueller stuff is 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 ripening on the vine. Uh, <laughs> we know yesterday we got the SCOTUS granting a stay in the oversight uh, versus uh, Trump for the Mazar's stuff. They granted that stay. Uh, there was, as I said, a ray of sunshine in that. Everyone was like, look, you're happy about this other case, but look, this sucks. They blocked it. And, and it, that they didn't. They just granted a stay. And not only that, but they had, Trump had until February to file his briefing, but because of the impeachment inquiry, it got moved up to December 5th. So that's huge and fast and great. So smile. And <laughs> it's like uh, next week, right? Yes. God, what the hell? I know it's December already. Welcome to National Procrastination <laughs> Awareness Month. Oh, shit, <laughs> everything you've been putting off all year, getting it done. Um, so then we had uh, Judge Jackson, and this isn't uh, Amy Berman Jackson. This is a different uh, Judge Jackson. She released her 100, 120 page decision on the McGann stuff, and it was a beautiful. Uh, she wrote it like she knew it would be come up again in history over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she uh, she upheld uh, the old Myers case, which says you, you so you, you have to testify. No one's above the law. She said it way more eloquently, though. You should read that 120 page. Doc. It'll give you like a patriot boner. It's really good. <laughs> patriot boner is today's episode title. Is it? Oh, God. Potentially. Patriot boner. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Called a bomb pop. <laughs> 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 Give me a brain freeze. <clears throat> Wait a second, though. Haven't we already had Justice Boner as a title? I don't know. Maybe. How many boner Probably. titles can we have? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of boners. There are. You know? There are a lot of different kinds of boners. Yeah. We could do a Patriot Lady Boner. Yeah. Patriot. There's happy Boner. Yeah, sad some boner. ladies have boners. Yeah, it's true. True. So, yeah. So, All ladies can get boners. All they just don't have to be physical. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Patriot Lady Boner. Sounds good. The potential option. <laughs> I was going with uh, the audacity of Botox, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where we Botox end up at Bernie. the end. <laughs> Botox, Bernie. Hey, it looks good. <laughs> you can't see my elevens. Oh gosh, <clears throat> it's Botox lingo. Um, did you say the, you can't see my what? My elevens. Oh, what are those? There's two lines in your oh. brow that make the number eleven when you go like this. Interesting. I'm still out of one. You're still at a one. No, you got 11. The fuck? <laughs> really? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to make them. They aren't there. Like, you have to. <laughs> this is why we need video. The idea of Botox is that they they won't become perp. Like, okay, you have to make weird. it happen. It doesn't just, it's not always there. Uh, and now here's the news from today. So, uh, Supreme Court will discuss the cert petition from Trump's lawyer seeking to block the Cy Vance Mazar's tax returns on December 13th. And likely decide if they're going to, you know, hear that shortly after that. Experts expect SCOTUS to reach the same result on granting cert in this case as they did in the House Oversight subpoena of Mazar's case. And uh, talking to a couple of experts, legal experts, um, it seems like they might hear both cases because they're a little they're different, sort Mm. of, you know. I mean, it's all one is Congress, one is state. (laughs) It's all about Mazar's. Yeah. Mm hmm. And so that would be setting precedent for what happens when a state court or a, a district attorney's office 
uh, is trying to do stuff and something when, you know, congressional oversight. And so that congressional oversight argument's easy peasy, mm-hmm. lemon squeezy. That's <laughs> that's just separation of powers. You you They have, Congress has the oversight. That's what that 120-page decision on McGahn was about, like all that language. But the, but, but the state one, we'll have to see what happens because, the, again, their arguments in court were that if the state cops see Trump shooting people, they aren't only not allowed to investigate him. They can't stop him from shooting people. Right. So, yeah, that's completely ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Uh, so these will be decided sooner rather than later. And cool. we will be, uh, I don't know if they'll be fast enough to, I, I have some friends who think that they aren't going to drop articles, articles of impeachment until they have these tax returns. And then I have other friends saying, nope, they're going to impeach real quick on this and then continue to investigate and let it all come out in the wash later. Um, you okay. can, can you impeach, impeach again on different grounds that's a good question i don't know hmm the first president to be impeached twice <laughs> right just a constant train of impeachment can you impeach we google that can well, you impeach you can't a president try someone twice? for the same crime twice right right this isn't a crime though no, this yeah. is a judicial yeah. proceeding yeah uh, that's political in nature mm-hmm. yeah double hmm. impeachment jeopardy i don't know if that's a thing <laughs> it's not in the constitution no it doesn't say you can only do this once yeah, I wonder. Can a president be re-impeached or would double jeopardy apply? This is go. from, uh, not from a very official looking website. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what is the website called? Um, it's, uh, th- this blah, is. Blah, 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 blog. Uh, this looks like it's just like a, like a Quora style website. This is not official. Oh, okay. it's like Ask What does Jeeves? it say though? Yeah, it says, uh, double jeopardy is a pretty fundamental element to the U.S. criminal justice system. The question asks, but does it apply to a U.S. president or other impeachable official in the trial like impeachment proceedings in Congress? For example, if a U.S. president faces impeachment, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see. It says, um, I don't think the concept of double jeopardy would apply. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, My answer would be it's never been done. Mm -hmm. uh, And I don't know. Yeah. Double jeopardy applies to criminal charges. Impeachment is not a criminal charge and has no effect other than to cause someone holding a public office to be removed from that public office. It does not resolve the issues decided there in a subsequent civil or criminal case. It does not constitute a criminal conviction um, for the civil disabilities that would apply. And plus, double mm. jeopardy wouldn't even apply because that has to be the same crimes arising out of the same actions. And if these are two different crimes, you know, that'd be like saying, oh, you tried him for murder. You can't try him again for burglary. Right. Uh, sure so you, you you impeach him for the Ukraine thing, then you impeach him for, you know, having his loans signed off by Russians. I, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. money laundering, I, tax fraud whatever what would you like to be impeached for yeah <laughs> choose behind door number Pick two <laughs> <laughs> let's make a deal yeah like which wayne brady's out there yeah. like hey oh, God. i mean literally he could take his pick he could pick out from a basket of impeachable crimes yeah, yeah. just he, give him an island yeah whatever give him i don't care old one yeah yeah exactly <laughs> recycle that island put him oh, out there every time i think about that island he I wanted know. to like it's just it's mm. yeah that's really gross oh. island of one just him and the island That'd be great. Can we shoot him into space? Also, give him a volleyball. Let's give him Pluto. Let's give him his whole planet. He can rain <laughs> over it. He'll die before he gets there. Just Truman show his ass for the rest of his life. <laughs> Just like, Truman show how are the ass? <laughs> Dude, how can we Truman show his ass? <laughs> that movie uh, is incredible, though. The yes. Truman show. We'll only give him one or. It's impossible <laughs> for him to have a second one. <laughs> 
One boat with a tiny hole. There are so many things. And just think do. about how easy it would be to Truman Show Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because he'd be like, of course there's cameras everywhere. Cameras love me. Yeah. <laughs> look, cameras. Like <laughs> he spent his whole life on sets, so he wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. there needs to be a Black Mirror episode or something. Truman Show the president. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, I want it. The Trump Show. Yeah. All right. The whole fucking world is the Trump show right now, though. Let's be real. Yeah, but it's real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we need yeah. to put him in a containment mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. In profit. <laughs> we do it do, do a biodome or something. It's, yeah. Maybe that's maybe vacant. I don't know. Part of his future like plea agreement is like, okay, we won't send you to prison, but we all get to watch you on TV for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't. That sounds terrible for it does everyone. Sound terrible for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, wait. Stick with me. I got a show idea. We, we, we replace Melania with, with another person and see if he even notices. <laughs> I think that's already been done. <laughs> Did you hear that theory? That that's yeah. a stand in Melania and the real Melania is just like in New York. Like, fuck off. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> all right. New CNN polling is out uh, on a bunch of stuff. First of all, 50% of Americans believe Trump should be impeached and removed. That's exactly where it was before the impeachment hearings began. Indepe- uh. Independence favor removal. Uh, 47 to 45 women favor removal 61 to 34 makes sense uh, of those favoring removal and uh, 91% strongly feel that way and of those who oppose removal 89% strongly feel that way which explains mm-hmm. why the needle didn't move everyone seems to have had their minds mm-hmm. made up which just shows facts do not persuade Republicans because <laughs> yeah. if anyone was going to need to be persuaded in this it's that it's team Republican and also that stupidity does not sway Democrats yeah <laughs> thank you believe there's enough evidence to remove Trump. 47% disagree. 53% believe Trump improperly used the office of the presidency, while 42% say he did not. 56% uh, believe Trump did it to benefit himself politically. And 36% disagree. There's that 36 base. 40% believe Dems are abusing their power. Uh, 52% say they're not. That seems close. Um Trump's approval rating is up to 42% now. That's the highest I think it's ever been in its life, his life, uh, with 54 who think he sucks. So 42 <laughs> to 54. Uh, and among independents, he's at 40% approval rating with 55 who disapprove. So independents are actually hating him more than the rest of the, you know, just Americans mm-hmm. in general. Uh, on the economy, he's got an approval rating of 55. On immigration, 39. Foreign affairs, 40. And trade 42. Wow. You but, know, um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, here, I'll just do the mm-hmm. rest of these numbers out to you. The big takeaway here, though, I think is the gender gap because men oppose impeachment and removal 40 to 53, while women favor it 61 to 34. That's a 40 point swing. And the independent numbers uh, add that and independent numbers to that. And you can see why Trump is in trouble with suburban women. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new Quinnipiac poll of the 2020 Dem nominees puts Biden back in the lead. 24 percent. How? Buttigieg, after that oh my debate. I know. God. Uh, Biden's at 24. Buttigieg is at 16. Warren is in third place at 14. And Sanders is at 13. Botox Bernie. Uh, Buttigieg seems to be uh, somewhat of a dark horse lately, I guess. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the campaign shapes up once we hit the primaries. <sighs> um, I know. Mm. I know. I was just going to say, um, I'm curious, again, because I come from a, a more multi-party system. I know the independent here is just like a catch-all term for people who aren't Republican or Democrat. And so I tend to think 
okay, in the groups of independents, there's like a lot of left-leaning people, but that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true. There's also like a lot of libertarians and yeah. a lot of other like potentially like hard right people, people who don't fall inside the lines of so or or so. So I'm curious to I would I, I should look at some breakdowns of that to give if you guys have any info on that. Uh, I, I have, have no idea. I have. It, it's interesting because there was um, an exodus of Democrats from mm-hmm. from the party based on what the DNC. Whether you think they did it or not, or whether they did do it or not, seemed to put their thumb on the scales uh, for Hillary in 2016. That upset a lot of people who were not Hillary supporters. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of Democrats exited the party to register as independents, which means I feel like the independents as a group got a giant injection of Democrats Mm -hmm. into it. And so that could be part of that. Mm. But just... Since 2016, though, the independents have moved significantly away from Trump still. Mm -hmm. So while there may or may not have been that injection of Democrats into the independent party, that I don't know um, if that's even a factor here or if it wouldn't have made a difference. And also, like you said, Mm -hmm. when they say independents, do they are they saying registered independents? Right. Or. People like you are said, not, just yeah. outside of Democrat or Republican. Yep. I feel like that's a that's catch-all a term question. here for just not being a Democrat or a Republican. Well, I bet the the poll would show you. Mm. Uh, it mm-hmm. would probably have a definition of what uh, what they mean when they say independent. Yeah. Well, I do know just by my own experiences, a lot of folks that I know that identify as independent as a voter are libertarians. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are of the mindset that's like, yeah, Trump's an idiot, mm-hmm. but I'm like, no one really, no one really cares about what's happening, and this is kind of just a pointless waste of time. That's kind of the 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 opinion that I've gathered they're from political the libertarians. Nihilists. Yes, they really right. are, which is pretty they're on brand like, with how they think about other things. They're like the, the, you know, those memes where they're like, Democrats think this, Republicans think this. I'm over here like you both suck. Yeah, yeah, they're like the party <laughs> equivalency people. Yeah, and there are some people like very very far <laughs> to the left too who also have a certain t- sense of nihilism as well. Yeah, or like who are you know like uh you know have want absolutely nothing to do with anything to do with establishment democratic yes. politics so totally interesting i will say that honestly like it's, so I, weird. it's not even are so cool they are they are so cool They're very legal and very cool yes very legal very cool i also do think though that it, that is it is a fair it's a fair position it's a fair I criticism think, for sure for someone to take yeah, yeah. well i think I, it's i think it's fair to to have to be disenfranchised or disillusioned by mm-hmm. the, the dnc and yeah. some of the things that establishment democrats do for sure. i think it is unfair and ridiculous to make a moral equivalency with republicans i completely agree yeah. mm-hmm. yes i completely agree um the sentiment that everything is fucked up though is definitely not wrong but that everything <laughs> <laughs> ain't wrong yeah but yeah, the sentiment sure. that both parties like you said are equally fucked up i do think that that is wrong yeah i think there are some people like you know in some of the circles that i'm in who are who are um you know really 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 far to the left and they think that there's nothing that the democratic party does which is valuable and they're very purist about their leftist Mm -hmm. policy or their you know their leftist ideals and so sometimes then i think that they which is (laughs) i hate you like i <sighs> yeah, I'm a purist. You're privileged. I, yeah, it's, it's hard because it's like I get having really great, ha- having staunch ideals. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. But I think that sometimes they take 
their purest views and end up disenfranchising themselves further from a party that does do some good or there are people mm-hmm. who are trying to get into it who are doing good. And it's like, hey, rather than be disenfranchised, why don't you try to change the party? Why don't you support yeah. candidates who are going into the party who are yeah you know fighting for what you want i want baskin robbins 31 flavors and i'm sorry (laughs) but you get two flavors there's just two and you have to pick one you can't make your own (laughs) not not here anyway no (laughs) you can't it's a binary system that's it one's on one's off the other one's off the other one's on that's it it. it's all it is is. hard for me as someone who has voted for like three or four different parties yeah yeah yeah. like it's hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes so i try so i am trying but yeah i voted for like i've you know, it, it, I've voted tactically. I've been voted for several different parties over my lifetime that have are various places on the political spectrum. And so here it's like one or the other. So anyway, yeah, somewhat of a tangent. But yeah, I'm curious to know a little bit more about mm, the totally. Well, block. I think that the libertarian and independent voting block, if we're calling independence anyone that falls outside of Republicans or Democrats, yeah. exactly. That's a super, super important group of people that we absolutely. That, yeah, we really do need to find a way to, to like address and, their concerns and hear their concerns. And I think that there are some Democratic candidates who are doing that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think so about that. I think so, too. And I also think that libertarians are in a sense like, you know, in some ways they're very Republican and how they think about things. And in other ways, I, and when I say Republican, I don't not mean the current GOP. Yeah, exactly. I'm not talking like small government. No government. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And in 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 that way, it's almost like, you know, they could be like a GOP reformist kind of party Mm -hmm. and and come out maybe but the only issue with that is that there are certain tenets of the GOP who has never supported the more socially liberal things Mm -hmm. that libertarians tend to believe in. But that would be a good GOP reform party is to get them off of this moral bullshit Mm -hmm. God crap and and say, hey, we're for we're for small government, little Mm -hmm. to no government, fiscally conservative uh, hands off my uterus and yeah hands mm-hmm. off everything mm-hmm. hands on everything uh, mm-hmm. because the, um, Democrats are more like hey regulations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and social welfare and stuff like that and that that would be a good two-party system to have mm-hmm. now we've just got the crazies on the right and we could go on a length <laughs> about that <laughs> this is a this is a choose mo- all you get yeah sorry it's a conversation for more beer yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> totally. And speaking of tasty things like beer, we have very tasty schadenfreude for you today right on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Audible. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks with bestsellers, motivations, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. My recommendation for this week is Hornblower series by C.S. Forrester. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good old nautical adventure, and these stories about daring and resourceful officer uh, in the Royal Navy are just the greatest. Uh, I'm former Navy, so I love it. Audible is truly convenient. Uh, it's a really great value. You can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives you audiobook credits. Uh, this is what I do. I get a credit every month uh, for a low fee and membership includes one free audiobook per month um, that you get exclusive sales and 30% off all regular priced audiobooks you can download and access all of your audiobooks on any portable device anytime anywhere with the free audible app it's great while commuting or at the gym or on the plane you know during your holiday travels Uh, with audible the audiobook exchanges are easy if you don't like it swap it out Uh, if you want to recommend one to a friend you can share any book from your library and unlike streaming or rental services with audible you own all your books and keep them forever even if you cancel right now for a limited time you can get three months of audible for just six dollars and 95 cents a month that's more than half off the regular price choose one audiobook and two audible originals absolutely free Visit audible.com slash daily beans or text daily beans to 500 500. That's audible.com slash daily beans or text daily beans, all one word, to 500 500. You'll be glad you did. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Before we get to schadenfreude today, uh, Greg Sargent just released an opinion piece in the Washington Post titled, Pompeo just flirted with Trump's Ukraine conspiracy theory. This isn't normal, folks. Uh, In comments Tuesday to the press, Pompeo, Secretary of State, former director of the CIA, potential Senate candidate in Kansas, seemed to lend credibility to the conspiracy theory that Ukraine hacked our elections. Uh, A reporter asked, do you believe that the U.S. and Ukraine should investigate the theory that it was Ukraine and not Russia that hacked the DNC emails in 2016? And Pompeo said, anytime there's information that indicates any country has messed with American elections, we not only have the right but a duty to make sure we chase that down. When we have information that so much as suggests that there might have been interference or an effort to interfere in our elections, we have an obligation to combat these malevolent actors trying to undermine our Western democratic values. Wrong. Um, When he says, when we have information that so much as suggests, then we should open an investigation. Uh, One of these days I'm going to, soon I'm going to replay the Andy McCabe uh, thing. You actually have to have articulable, credible facts to open an investigation. Mm -hmm. You can't just, oh, someone breezed it on me one time. Mm -hmm. Look into it. Let's put all of our American resources and money and taxpayer money into it. Unless you're Bill Barr. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and he also said America shouldn't leave no stone unturned. Sound familiar? Roger. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> just kidding. We brought that up the last time this happened too. Yeah, no yeah, stone yeah. unturned seems to be a, a, a theme. Uh-huh. Uh, third time I've heard this phrase, so it's clearly part of some sort of propaganda machine. Um, not to mention, there isn't a shred of evidence Ukraine hacked the DNC. There's not one. No one's shown it. If they if they had it, they would show us. They keep insinuating we have some kind of articulable factual basis to open this investigation into Ukraine with actually no articulable factual basis. Yet, they travel around the world on our dime to discredit the origins of the Russia investigation. Uh, and the forthcoming IG report will say that the FBI had the basis to initiate that investigation, and it was totally proper. Um, like I said, Andy McCabe said to me, if you don't open that investigation, that is political and a dereliction of duty. Uh, and when you do have those facts, those articulable facts, and there were, there was so much evidence in the Russia situation, the DOJ under Trump issued 26 indictments of Russians, Russian entities, and one American, uh, Pinedo, in that case. Uh, Greg Sargent says pushing the Russian talking point is central to Trump's political needs right now, because first it allows Trump and his propagandists to argue that he was right to withhold aid and pressure Ukraine to investigate this matter. Uh, And that seems to be central to the Republican defense of his impeachment. Um, The problem is this does not address the bribe for the White House meeting and and trade uh, trade considerations in exchange for announcing investigations into the Bidens. Uh, But more critically, the conspiracy theory is designed to absolve Russia's role to help Putin Mm -hmm. uh, and perhaps lift the sanctions, Uh, the the ones that Obama slapped on him before on Russia before he left office. God, Uh, that would be such a mindfuck. And we know that is Putin's main goal is to Mm -hmm. get these sanctions lifted, the ones for annexation of Crimea and the ones for interfering in the election. And then, of course, to overturn the Magnitsky Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pompeo really missed an opportunity to when answered or when (laughs) when asked the question, you know, if it was Ukraine and not Russia. He could have said, just to be clear, 100 percent Russia interfered in our elections. Yeah. And John Kennedy was on Fox this weekend and, and said uh, when he was asked, you know, do you think who who hacked the DNC server? And he said it was a Ukraine or Russia. And John Kennedy goes, I don't know. You don't know. We oh, don't know. Oh, God. <sighs> yes, then, we do. And then John Kennedy came back on and issued a statement, a retraction saying, I thought he was asking me who meddled in our elections, not who hacked the DNC server. It's clear and obvious. We know this. Russia hacked the DNC server. 
Um, but then 10 minutes later, he was like, but we don't know if Ukraine meddled in our elections or not. We have to find that out. We have to find that out. But you can't open an investigation into this shit without articulable facts and then go and investigate the opening of the Russia investigation like they didn't have that. Mm -hmm. It's just the dumbest shit ever. Mm -hmm. And it's really annoying. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. Uh, on, a, on a happier note, time for a little <laughs> schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Melania Trump was loudly booed and heckled by high school and middle school students at an opioid summit in Baltimore where she gave a speech about the ongoing opioid crisis facing the nation. Reporters who cover Melania said they'd never encountered that level of aggravation aimed at the first lady. Quote, in my three years of covering her at events, that was the worst booing she ever received at a public <laughs> event where she was giving solo remarks. The booze lasted for over a minute and then continued sporadically throughout her remarks. Uh, Melania was undeterred. She doesn't really care, do you? Um, and she she just thanked them, saying she would keep fighting for them with her Be Best campaign. Uh, not sure what made her think Baltimore would be a good city for her to appear in, especially not to mention Be Best after Trump called Baltimore a rat-infested rat shithole, pretty much. So that's your uh, shot in Friday today. First lady got booed. Feels good. Does feels good, man. Love it. She doesn't really care, though. No, no, she doesn't. She's <laughs> like, I'm a millionaire. You, I'm a billionaire. You don't. I don't care about yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. What is it? Just a stadium of bullies? She'll say or something. <laughs> they were kids. That's the best part. These were junior high and high school kids. Oh shit. That's so awesome. Go kids. I know we got a lot of tweens that listen to us too. I've high five. Oh my god. You know, I was a politically engaged teenager. Like even from a pretty young age. When I was like thirteen, I was like, I remember being like, I want to go fucking knock on some doors and do some fucking democracy. My yeah. mom was like, do your homework. Do some fucking democracy. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, do your homework. And I was like, but things are happening. And she was like, they'll be happening later. Do you yeah. Think? It is really beautiful. What the doors like, will always be there to knock on. Yes. <laughs> it's really beautiful what a clear moral compass the youth has. The youth. Yes. The youths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like true. when you're young and you hear something, it's so easy to just be like, that's fucked up. Well, you know, unless you have someone indoctrinating your head with these like muddied facts and shit. I yeah. mean, also not to be not to be too heavy, but like, you know, the younger generation, like younger than us, they're like, um, we don't feel safe in school and, and the mm -hmm. planet is dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really, so, really reasonable doing requests. About it. Yeah. So they're having to like scream totally you know? so yeah the the moral compass of and also when you look at like, how much greta thunberg has to do with that you know mm -hmm. she's fucking rad i just love it but yeah no it's true like the, the the moral compass of young people is i mean it's shining through and it's awesome yeah 2020 is gonna be a good fucking year yeah mm -hmm. we can hope a lot of new voters that's so that. many new mobilized voters <clears throat> that's that wave of youth that mm -hmm. obama said would wash over the nation and clean everything up mm -hmm. hell yeah all right let's get social Hashtag. All right, so today's hashtag is hashtag turkey pardon. If anyone is on Twitter, they will uh, know what Donald is. Everyone's just talking shit on Trump on Twitter because he took the opportunity when he pardoned two turkeys today who were named bread and butter, by the way. Um, anyway, That's not right. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's very weird. It's interesting. I don't. I don't know who names the turkeys. What's wrong with like Fred and Jenny or something? Right. Like bread and butter. You eat that. Right. All right. It's pretty like, pretty meta. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like meta intimidation <laughs> kind of. Uh, but yeah, when, when Trump was pardoning the turkeys, which is usually seen as the only non-political 
event that happens in Capitol Hill, he took it as an opportunity to make a bunch of jokes about the impeachment inquiry. And jokes is giving him way too much credit. These are not fucking jokes. This is <laughs> this is just more more complaining. Uh, here's one of the things that he said. He said, "Thankfully." Bread and butter have been specially raised by the Jacksons to remain calm under any condition, which will be very important because they've already received subpoenas to appear in Adam Schiff's basement on Thursday. <laughs> like, what the? He goes, it seems, he says, it seems the Democrats are accusing me of being too soft on turkey, but bread and butter, I should note that, unlike previous witnesses, you and I have actually met. It's very unusual. What does that even mean? I know. So, what the fuck? So he's saying... He, oh my God, what? All right. So he's he's equating Turkey to Russia? Being too soft on Turkey? Or maybe <laughs> is it literally like the country of Turkey? Oh God. I have no... I, I don't even know like what metaphor he he's trying to say. But he someone, but yeah. he met the turkeys? Right. He's totally like crossing <laughs> his metaphors. Uh. Dude, you're in too many scandals, bro. You can't keep them straight in your stupid ass metaphors. He can't do it. It was just it was just really stupid. And it's like, like I said, normally it's just a cute whatever thing, I guess, where we celebrate for some reason as a joke not eating turkeys. <laughs> Very strange. Oy. Whatever. It's supposed to be cute. He made it not cute. Classic mm. Trump. That reminds me the other day when he was on the Fox and Friends interview and he kept calling Adam Schiff a sick puppy. Uh-huh. What the fuck is that? I don't know. I think a he sick puppy. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, he hates dogs. Not. Dogs hate him. Yeah. That's true. He muzzle it. I'm sure he has some backstory where he was like viciously attacked by a dog. I bet every animal he's ever <laughs> Which, met has viciously attacked him. Yeah, he's just like Sid from Toy Story. Yeah, somebody probably. actually, somebody's actually saying like he probably killed the family dog when he was a kid. He's oh, just a terrible my person. God, I mean, yeah. like, look, like people do get attacked by animals and have trauma from that. And totally. I'm totally like, discounting that. And I try to be aware of that when I have my dog out in the world. And uh-huh. like, not everyone wants to be your best friends pound with my dog. I was say your dog is the least. Well, that's the heart. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but that's the thing, right? Yeah. I, I think everyone wants to be best friends with my dog because yeah. he's adorable and he's tiny. He's so adorable. Um, so, and most people are like, can I pet him? But some people, you know, they're standoffish. So I respect yeah. that. That being said. That's different. I bet you all animals hate Trump. Yeah. yeah. They do. They oh, yeah. absolutely do. There's yeah. no proof that they don't. Show me one dog loving on Trump. Not that kind of way. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine any emotional support dog would go up to him and just be like, fuck this, and turn around and walk away? <laughs> That's way too much work for me, dude. Yeah. You I have did not no, get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> you have no emotional intelligence. I can't support you. I, I yes. gotta go. Yes. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah. I require empathy and nurturing, and I don't think you have any of that. Yeah, he, yeah. Has, he has no aura. Yeah, this guy's sure. moral foundations made it chicken bones. That's the only thing you <laughs> Bridge trolls and cigarettes. Uh, All right, guys, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thanks for supporting us. And thanks for understanding that we're taking Thursday and Friday off. So uh, please enjoy your holiday, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're doing your chosen family or your real family or, you know, whatever, or both. I mean, I guess chosen families are real families. I didn't mean to say that they weren't. But you know what I mean, the blood type of families. It's just a little grosser. Um, (laughs) Also, if you are going to be spending the holidays with your Trump-supporting family, Godspeed. Yes, mm-hmm. Godspeed. And remember, change your internet password to impeach 45 <laughs> and uh, watch them as they put it in their phone. And, you know, t- send a video. I'd love to see it <laughs> at Daily Beans Pod. Hit us up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Um, Did I already ask that? I don't remember, but I also don't really have any. All right. Yeah. yeah. 
have a wonderful uh, little break, whatever, whatever you celebrate, whoever you celebrate with, just take a, take some time to yourself and your loved ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dance. Yeah. Yes. Dance. We're thinking about doing a segment where you just, uh, you know, recommend Someone tweeted song. at me. Yeah. Someone yeah. was like, what are your top five dancing <laughs> alone at home songs? I need to get on that. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. We'll do that after the break. All right. Thanks so much. And please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>